Wow, it seems like it's been a long time since we've done a Wolves Cast parody song. Oh boy, you're telling me, Neil. I mean, well, we got some time. Like, we got great ideas. Let's do one right now. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. You know what I thought about? We got a lot of new players this year. Uh, maybe we should uh, pick one to do like an anthem for. You know, who, who do you like on the on the Wolves now? Yeah, lots of new guys. Uh, how about Jake Layman? Oh, I like him. Layman. Layman. Yes, he is the white man. In transition, he will run. He's a master of gravity and cutting. It's very fun. Layman. Layman. Ah, yes, he is the white man. Ah, in transition, he will run. Ah, he's the master of gravity and cunning. It's very fun. Layman. Layman. Ah, yes, he is the white man. Ah, in transition, he will run. Ah, he's a master of gravity and cunning. It's very fun. Layman. Layman. Ah, yes, he is the white man. Ah, in transition, he will run. Ah, he's the master of gravity and cunning. It's very fun. Layman. episode 118 of wolves cast a five-star podcast featuring two five-star men it's hosted by myself and my brother i'm neil and i'm the snail scott we're back and yes the 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 podcast wolves cast parody songs have returned we're back been a while since we made a good always sunny joke classic series yeah one of our faves one of the podcast faves yeah i mean uh I haven't watched it in a minute. I gotta go back, check out Charlie McDennis, some of my favorite episodes, The Dennis System. You know, Classics. So many good ones. Classics. We had to do it. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one, the layman day man there for you. That's a classic episode. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Wolfcast is back for you, and it's another week of Timberwolves basketball. We gotta talk about it. Scott, how are you this evening? I'm doing good, Neil. How are you doing? Awesome. We're both wearing purple. It's a purple night. I'm Scott's, always wearing purple. Scott's uh, typically wearing purple tonight. Scott, I gotta say, is a purple overload. What's the occasion? Uh, for tonight? Yeah, you you got a purple hoodie, you got a purple um uh, uh Timberwolves M- Minneapolis shirt, and then your phone case is also a shade of lavender. What what is happening? Well, I uh, purple's my favorite color, so the hoodie that's natural, the phone case that's yep, natural. Yep, yep, yep. I was I wanted to wear something like a Timberwolves shirt because I thought we would do Instagram Live beforehand. We oh. we flirted with it a few times, show prep, doing Instagram rush tonight, Live. Forgot. A little ru- <laughs> well, a little rush tonight, and also we had less prep. We were more prepared than normal. So yeah. we'll see if that makes it a good podcast or a worse podcast. Um, We'll leave that up to you to be the judge. But this, mania so I here. wanted to wear something Timberwolves, and this was on the top of my clean laundry uh, that I haven't put away yet. You know, it's just in <laughs> the, it's still in the hamper, you know. <laughs> and uh, this is near the top. It's the Prince, the free T-shirt they gave out with the, the Prince Paisley, night, where yeah. it's like the Minneapolis Sound kind of font and the it's Paisley. Beautiful. It says MPLS. It's got the logo of the wolf on the back. So I thought we'd be streaming, and then I'd be on Instagram, and I'd be on point with my Timberwolves gear. But uh, I forgot to do that today. But I like your saves the day purple shirt. We both got purple. I know they just came happening. out with a through being cool 15 year anniversary, which yeah, means 20, 20 years. Yeah. So which means we're only what a year or two away from 20 years of stay what you are. Yeah. Right? I can't wait. I can't wait to those anniversaries on the next album. So yeah, just yeah. classics, like yeah. very formative albums. Yeah. Know? One of our favorite bands, uh, Scott and I, uh, but yeah, I hope you guys are doing well, uh, also. And, uh, yeah, today on the show, we have a week recap talking about, uh, three games here this week. We have full court press, 
Uh, let's see. We have a sponsor as usual. I'm excited uh, for the sponsor tonight. Uh, we were at a game this week and oh, had, yeah. had a chance to uh, review some food. So uh, yeah, we'll be uh, reviewing first Target food Center review food. of the year. Yep, uh, weekly Wolfies and a game. You know how it is. You know how Wolf's Cast does it. Um, but let's launch right in to the week recap. Uh, Wolves are currently four and three. That is their record right now. The twentieth uh, with an offensive rating and seventeenth uh, in defensive rating, and that's good for the eighteenth best net rating in the league. The every game best changes. Team in the league. Everything changes really quickly with every game. In the early parts, yeah, like especially they, in the early parts of the season. They were talking during the Memphis game. Dave and Jim were talking about uh, how the Wolves were now the fastest ranked team in the league, the highest pace, and they were like, "That's because the Rockets were the highest pace, but they played a game against Miami, one and now game. they're no longer." Yeah, so one game will change everything. So yes. you know, just. Uh, it's a little early to hang your hat on anything. But, Always good to me- monitor those, though. Uh, when we recorded last week, we had not watched the Philadelphia game, but we did mention that that was a loss. And we'll touch upon uh, the fight a little bit and the suspension a little bit now that we have more information about that. But uh, after that, we had a win in Washington. Always nice to beat a bad team because that's not that's never a given with the Timberwolves, as we saw oh, last no. night in Memphis. Especially on the road. Especially without Carl Anthony Towns. So we go. didn't know how it was going to go, but uh, Wiggins really stepped up in a big way, I felt like. It was a great game. He had six six assists a lot of scoring gorgy back gorgy back he came in confident <laughs> he was ready for his minutes you know everyone uh i forget what podcast i was listening to about it maybe it was brit talking on the dane moore podcast brit's been on dane moore's podcast a few times so check that out everybody um because we love brit and dane's a great guy as well and he was just saying that gorgy is supremely confident and he's he's you know he believes in himself and so he knows when the minutes come he deserves them and you can right. see that he was just launching shots without thinking because he knows you know he's got the touch Anything else about the Wizards game, Neil, that stood out yeah, to you? Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was very clear that the Wizards were the worst defensive team in the league. One of them. I mean, that that was just awful. I mean, the Wolves, I think, had 42 points after one quarter. And, yeah, they basically just scored at will throughout this entire game. It was an offensive onslaught there for Minnesota, even without Towns. Crazy. Yeah, it was nice to get a win for Ryan as well. You know, he used to coach there. That's where he kind of got his start with his dad, uh, you know, as in terms of his assistant coach. So, Good to get the win in Washington, especially when we knew we were going to come home and face one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Really the only two good teams in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, because there's such a drop-off after that. We've seen them both now. Yeah, the Wolves. And they're both, as advertised, very good. Very, very good, yes. Uh, Uh, So Neil and I went down to the Target Center. Uh, This is Neil's second game of the season, my first game of the season in person. Uh, It was really fun to watch. We love Giannis. We've been watching him in person since his rookie season. And, man, this team is big. You know, it was just a marvel watching Brooke Lopez you know, shutting stuff down in the lane. And uh, and Giannis is a strong guy. It's really amazing to watch him just, you know, use his muscles to barrel through some people into the lane and then at the last second kick it out to an open shooter. Yeah, Wolves with the 134-96 loss there Monday night uh, against Milwaukee. Yeah, we, we had a good time. And, of course, we have to talk about the, the, <laughs> the delay, the delay in the game. That was a crazy way to start the game. We show up. It's, you know, a couple minutes after 7, and a lot of officials and players looking, giving funny looks at the rim, like, what's yeah. going on here? We're like, uh, this game's not starting weird. on time. And sure enough, 50-minute delay. And, yeah, so it was a weird night all the way around. Someone right? on Instagram asked me about how we felt about that. I was like, you know what? We're both night owls. It doesn't bother bother us I, i'm yeah. sure if like i had kids at home or i paid for a sitter or i had to yeah. get up the next morning if i were a teacher i had to get up for school the next morning i would have been angry but you and i we never go to bed by midnight anyway so it was really no, no big deal for us it was just an extra 50 minutes to spend with each other there in the is. target center yeah obviously the main draw in this game uh, seeing Giannis one time per year Ooh-wee. he comes to minneapolis and uh 
uh, wow, he put on a great performance, uh, had an amazing line, and just just was powerful all, all game long. And and thankfully enough, even with Carl Anthony Towns not playing in this game, uh, you know, the first half was kind of even. Then the Bucks kind of pulled away in the second half, but the Wolves kept it just close enough, you know, 16, 17-point lead to where Giannis had to play one more stint in the fourth quarter. So oh, yeah. We got full-on Giannis. That was good. You yeah. never you never want to get blown out so much that you don't get the star you paid to see yeah. in the fourth. Yeah. So yeah. that was very nice because, um, man, he's looking like MVP Yanni again. Yep. Um, I will say about this, it's kind of a bummer we didn't have Cat just because I would love to see how we would match up as, with each other at full strength. But even then, I'm sure they would have beaten us. I mean, Bledsoe yeah. was abusing Teague Ooh. all night. So he was great. Uh, it was, you know, no, I didn't feel angry about it because the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NBA. So, you know, I felt a little more angry watching last night's game, oh. Wednesday night in Memphis. That's right. Walking in Memphis. <laughs> Play the trap. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the revenge game for Tyus Jones. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, obviously, John Morant is getting all the buckets and the attention. But it was during the minutes Tyus was on the floor where they went on a crazy run yeah. and just really put the game away. And, and uh, we didn't come back. So Tyus, once again, being kind of the unsung hero, you know, doing the right things, getting controlling the pace of the game. Yeah, getting teammates involved. Yeah, getting everyone the good shots. And then, you know, not getting the credit because John Morant scored more points, you know. But. Towns returned to action here in this game, um, but was was really well defended, I believe, you know, by by the Grizzlies. They did a really good job containing him and having a scheme that, you know, he did shoot. He got up 11 threes, only made three of them, right. but um, kind of limited how effective he could be, where he caught the ball, the types of things. It was just kind of like he wasn't really that involved. So credit to Memphis for doing a good job on Towns. Yeah, I'm going to chalk this loss up to just the culture shock of going from playing against the East to playing against the West. You know, Eastern yeah. Conference is really just the JV League of the NBA. <laughs> and our first six games of the season were all against Eastern Conference teams. So it's kind of like the preseason for us. And we were just kind of coasting on, you know, beating up those bad teams in the East. And we were just like, man, this is this is pretty easy. And we forgot that even the worst team in the Western Conference is better than most of the teams in the Eastern Conference. So. Yeah, no, no Jeff Teague in this game. No Shabazz Napier. Um, a little Jared Culver started the game. So, yeah, lots of roster sort of churn here in this one. People not, you know, not used to where they are. Our little a little preview of next year's point guardless team. When Jeff go. Teague leaves and we can't afford anyone else. Yeah. And we're just like, Col- oh, Culver's in there. can we get by without a point guard? A little preview of what next season's going to look so, yeah, like. Big, very disappointing loss for the Wolves to lose to Memphis. Just, yeah. a, just another really really bad uh, you know defense that they should have you know the Wolves were just awful last night on defense and Dylan Brooks and John Morant just beat them all night long it was pretty crazy uh, Brooks with a season high 31 points uh, Wiggins also had a season high with 30 points so those were your scores yeah I think game. that it just kind of reminded me that if everything goes right we can be you know one of the top 15 teams in this league for sure but if one or two things goes wrong on any given night we can lose to the worst you know because yes. it's just like a cold night from cat and we're pretty much done and it, you know it's one or two things go wrong and it, you know we don't really have that much of a competitive chance in a game yeah so kind of an up and down week there uh you know getting the win in washington was a nice surprise to That's win without towns but then uh, losing in uh, you know losing in Memphis Major with down. Towns, how do you do that? <laughs> and injuries, you know, uh, yeah. the, the injury Napier, report. They were the... bragging on Twitter, you know, the two wolves would always tweet yeah. the injury report, and they're like, everyone's healthy, everyone's yeah. healthy. Nothing and to now, report. <laughs> now the injury buck has fallen swiftly. All right, let's get into full court press. Here's the tip. 
All right, first up, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, last week we recorded on Wednesday and kind of recorded while the fight was happening type of thing. So we, we touched on it briefly with our thoughts on who would get suspended where, but let's talk about it a little bit. I know it's kind of past. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Yeah, put some respect because Town stood up for himself a yep. little bit right here. So I think our reaction yeah. in studio last week is we were a little disappointed that it happened, just not having watched it game, we were, yeah. just to having known that there was a fight and we saw a quick clip and we were just like, Oh man, Cat lost his cool, and we were a little disappointed in him, especially after he had said pregame, you know, I'm not here to sell newspapers for you guys. I'm just going to play basketball. Then he got into it. And I think my opinion has changed a little bit afterwards, kind of getting a fuller picture. We also, I predicted the suspensions would be two games, Towns, one game, Embiid. And uh, obviously, I had no idea Embiid was going to be on social media causing a ruckus. And uh, all reports have said that played a role in Embiid's suspension as well. Mm. Um, I will say, after I saw the highlights, I do think that, you know, they jostled with each other. And then they started shoving each other. And it looked like Embiid put his hand on Cat's neck before Cat allegedly threw a punch. Mm. I'm not sure if it was a punch. It seemed more like one of those hooks to get your arm around the head. I think he was trying to put Embiid in a headlock. Yeah. Um, But obviously, it kind of just fell apart from there. It was weird how. Simmons got uh, a cat and kind of a headlock and Timberwolves really felt like he deserved a suspension for that but I've heard a lot of different reports including maybe Towns told the league that Ben shouldn't be suspended because they're friends I've even heard that being reported as a maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so who knows about that um, but I think that afterwards who knew that the I think the social media stuff is more embarrassing than anything that happened on the court honestly yeah that happened after we got the recording I was like oh wow this stuff is kind of going pretty far here and obviously with Embiid you're going to get that right like that's his that's his domain is the is the you know kind of trolling and the comment section and the Instagram posts. I mean, obviously Towns gets down with that too, and he was you know fighting right back with him here on and off the court, uh, but you know, you, you, you can't go up against Joel Embiid on social media. That is a no-no. Yeah. You, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, Sure, do, do what you need to do. Stick up for yourself on the court, but I don't know about afterwards with all this extra stuff. I mean, uh, it's tough. It's tough to go up against Embiid, and it's tough to, you know, especially with his, you know, I know people are making you know fun of him for talking about advancing in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, but hey, you know, at the end of the day, he has a point. He is the more accomplished NBA player at this at this stage in his career, so you know, point to Embiid there. Uh, never play chess with a pigeon. It knocks all the pieces over, shits all over the board, and walks around <laughs> like it's one. That's taking on Embiid in social media fights. Is that yeah. even if you have the better argument, even if you have the better better post, he you can't beat him because he's a pigeon playing chess and he doesn't care. And yeah, uh, I think that Carl's post was better than on the social media feud thing. I think Embiid's post was kind of stupid and lazy, and apparently Towns wasn't going to engage until Embiid brought his mom into it. Okay. Um, I do think that Towns' post was pretty good. It was it was just basically mocking the words that Embiid said, and then having four really funny photos, including the I think the most vicious of all the attacks was that photo of Cat putting one finger on Embiid and Embiid uh, like the flailing, yeah, the, the flailing, flop, the flop. Photos. I think that was more damning. I think that won the fight. In yeah. my opinion, I think that won the fight. But especially with Embiid, you know, saying like, "Oh, I screenshotted this comment one second after he posted it," and then he's like, "Why did Cat delete it? Why did Cat delete it?" And then Cat's social media manager came out and said, "We didn't delete anything. We don't delete any comments. Like this is Embiid like." Took a screen cap, deleted it, then posted it, being like, "Why is Towns deleting it's like my extra comments?" Ammo. Yeah, it's and extra it's just ammo. like I think it really just shows how insecure Embiid is, and like Embiid accused uh, 
towns. He said, I have real estate in your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think, if anything, this has just proven it's, the vice, it's vice versa. It's, it's the opposite. Embiid, uh, Towns lives in Embiid's head because Embiid, one, broke his, oh, I'm not going to talk trash on social media thing. He broke that because of Towns. And he wanted so bad. Towns was living in his head so much. He had to break his, I'm not going to trash talk on yeah. social media thing. And then Towns was in his head so much, Embiid felt like he had to post a comment and screenshot it, delete it, and then be like, why did Cat, you know, delete my comment? I think, if anything, this shows that Cat li- uh, Cat is living in Embiid's head rent free or whatever you want to say you know wow i mean i don't know if i want to go that far but yeah i think it was as i think you have a point that like kind of initially it looked like uh you know one way but then as the week kind of went on it was like all right maybe maybe, shout out to carl for defending himself Embiid got very triggered and carl didn't have to do much for to make Embiid meltdown so i just wish carl hadn't talked the day before about how he doesn't care about it yeah you know what i mean like that's that's the black guy and then the clip after the game he even said it again he was even like doubled down on it was like i'm not here to give you guys clicks he went to clicks and so i was like uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, man, you just got ejected uh, for the fight. Okay, Scott, you something I want to know about this fight, and it looks like you did a little research on here. What is, on Instagram, in comments, what does the emoji of the blue hat mean? The blue baseball cap. I learned a little uh, terminology this Please, week. It was help cap. us out. It help us cap. Out. Cap. And I was listening, I think it was baby. I was listening to his record today, and he said no cap in one of his, line, his verses. And I was like, oh. Like caption? Like, no, it means like uh, cap as in, uh, to li- cap means to lie. No cap means no lies. I don't know what the uh, origin cap. of it. Well, how does cap mean lie? Okay, so cap but, is lying. Yeah, and so basically, so if you if you put a, um, one of the blue caps from the emoji in, uh, like you're you're calling someone, you're saying you're lying. Yeah, here's, here's or you might cap. see the emoji like the no sign yes. and then a cap that means no lies. Okay, no cap. So we're getting closer. And so it was clowns with caps. So he's like, he was basically saying Embiid was lying because he was saying I was raised around around lions, which Embiid has already said that's a lie. He says to trick white people, and so <laughs> cap was just like I was raised around lions cap 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 and seeing like liar 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 liar. got it i see so the cap is a sign of a liar yep calling him a liar out here that's right nice so now you know something about emojis everyone well do we think this is behind us i mean or you until they meet again yeah, until they meet again until I mean, gonna, is, but in the interim are we gonna get any more back and forth you think not uh, between the two of them when's I, the game that they play in march it's so, like March twenty fourth, so there will be all star in between. Yeah, know, but I, I think at all star you're all you're all buds. Chummy. Yeah. yeah, no no one brings beef in the all star weekend. Yeah, you're right. right. So you're right. I think that, and who knows? I mean, Embiid will probably not be at All Star Game because he'll have an injury that keeps him out for forty games this season because he has really bad knees and feet. That's the one thing about last week's pot I stand by, which is if you're going to get into a fight with Embiid, just go for the knees and feet. It's very easy to beat him. You know, just knees totally. and feet. Don't go for the neck. Don't go for the head. Just go for the knees and feet. They're nice. already pretty torn up anyways. Anything else in the fight, Scott? Uh, no, I think we're ready to move on to our next uh, subject. He's heating up! Yep, we're heating up, and we are talking about uh, rotation wrinkles here. What are some... We've got some ideas of some small things that you know we either see coming or that we might want to see coming uh, for the Wolves as far as the rotation goes um, these days. Um, I'll get us started off here with uh, Gorgie Jang. He played very well in Towns' absence. Right, played uh, played a good game in Washington, as we mentioned. I like playing basketball, and then played really well against Milwaukee too. You know, maybe not quite the impact, but thought he was solid. Even got a few minutes, uh, you know, the other night uh, in Memphis as well. You know, with with Cat back in the fold. So I don't know. I, I think. Um, you know, I think something that the Wolves have run into, and we'll talk about this uh, much later on in the show, is they kind of are playing a certain way and let the results 
fall where they may, right? It's sort of like, and we've seen this team, obviously uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee are the top of the two teams in the East and some of the best teams in the NBA. Um, but they're also some of the larger teams yeah, in the very NBA. Big. And we've seen the Wolves run into a little problem with size here and there. Now, obviously, you know, comparing to Milwaukee and Philly, that's a different class. Maybe that's not really relevant. But I think even in Memphis the other night with, with Valanchunas um, in there and Jaron Jackson Jr., that's another big team. There's a few more big teams than you think. I don't think it's really an anomaly necessarily. Yeah, so. both Valanchunas and Jarrett Jackson Jr. Jarrett yeah. Jackson? Yeah. I got that right. Right, yeah, right. I'm not sure. For some we reason, have I was yeah, I was over now. Yeah. For some reason, I just my, my mind was like that. What? Anyways, they're both six eleven, and I was saw the new adjusted sizes yeah. since we the difference since yeah. we played. Who's taller? Barefoot sizes. Robert Covington fell from six nine to six seven. Crazy. And uh, so it's one of those things where our you know we're starting a six eleven center and cat. Yeah, and then starting next to him at the four a six seven. Robert Covington. Yeah. And so that you're giving up major size Conley's to people who are in. like the yeah. Al Horford and Bead lineups, the uh, Giannis with Brooke Lopez or Ursan Ilyasova out there, anything like that. Uh, and so we're really sacrificing some size and it's been hard. And I think that the question was earlier in the season, why aren't we seeing Gorgie in those minutes? He's the only backup size that we have because Vonley is, you know, six, eight, six, nine. Yeah. Uh, Bell is like six, eight, six, nine. And so we don't really have any size off the bench except for Gorgie. So the question was, why weren't we seeing him? And now he had to step into that role when Cat was gone and he played really well. And so that yeah. just brings up the extra question. Oh, if Gorgie's going to play this well, you know, why are we not putting him in the rotation? Yeah. So, and something we saw, something we noticed in the Milwaukee game and again it's maybe the best team in the league but they were out rebounding us on like on free throws like they got three rebounds on free throw situations where they were shooting and it's like you can't have that like that's I don't care how you want to play you can't you have to get the rebound on free throws and so there's just been little things here or there where it seems like the Wolves are getting crushed on the boards and stuff like that a lot so the question is should Gorgie play more just Plain and simple. Like, should he play instead of Vonley? Should he play alongside Vonley in certain situations? Because, yeah, they're essentially playing wings as power forwards and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Do you think we'll see more Gorgie? Should we see more Gorgie? He's played really well so far. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and once again, like you said, we'll talk about this more in Wolfies, uh, but... I do think Gorgie should play more just because I feel like he deserved it. He If he's playing that well, I think it, we've seen that it's it's gotten Andrew to play up a little bit too because Andrew has some good chemistry with Gorgie so far right. this season. Yeah, so we've, uh, Andrew's good assist games have coincided with sharing the floor with Gorgie. Not sure if there's a correlation necessarily, but it does seem like they have a certain chemistry together. Yeah, I think everyone on the team cheers for Gorgie and loves Gorgie, so I yeah. think it probably helps team chemistry not to see him get like zero minutes. But I think that it's only going to be for you know that maybe the 10 teams in the league that have that kind of size most nights it won't be an issue most nights we yeah. won't need gorgie but if there is a lineup that has two bigs like valentunis and jackson yeah then i w- i don't mind seeing gorgie i think that's appropriate so then it's on to the idea of instead you know it's like okay can you be can you have this flexibility of of like your rotation is not set your rotation is whatever that night throws at you kind of a thing, you know? And, you know, I know a lot, I think a lot of coaches will push back on that and say like, no, we have our rotation. We are going to dictate terms. Uh, so that's, that's something to look for here. Cause I think it's clear that the wolves have a problem with their interior um, as far as rebounding and defense goes um, on, on a lot, on a lot of nights. 
Um, but in a lot of nights too, they're going to have it the other way, where it's going to be, you know, it's going to really be a boon for their offense to have go be a little bit smaller and stuff. So definitely a balance to kind of watch for here uh, as we go forward. Just something to look at for now. Um, and this might be one of those cases where we listen back to this in a co- in a month and we're like, wow, it was silly for us to be like, how are we going to find minutes for Gorgie when injuries naturally occur? Yeah, there'll be injuries and Gorgie will always be ready to suit up. So maybe he'll get his minutes that way. Who yeah. Knows? Well, uh, speaking of injuries, the other rotation uh, sort of question we have uh, is regarding Jarrett Culver. And, uh, you know, he started his first game, you know, so he's in there now. And, um, you know, he's he, he's in there. He, you know, he, he early in the season at uh, training camp or excuse me, at media day. Britt Robson asked uh, uh, Garrison Rosas, you know, hey, you know, wh- what do you think about, you know, Jarrett Culver as a primary ball handler? And he kind of talked about how that's a lot what he did in Texas Tech. And, you know, it was a big part of his game in college and stuff. And so, you know, now by necessity, we're seeing it. We didn't really see it at all until this point. You know, every time Jarrett Culver was on the floor, it'd be with Jeff Teague, it'd be with Shabazz uh, Napier. But now, Hey, he's uh, he had to be out there with this Memphis game where uh, you know both uh, those point guards were out. Uh, Napier probably will be out for another week or so. I would think at least maybe two weeks. So I don't know. The question here now, and you know, a lot of this also comes off a uh, Wolf Among Wolves post um, from today from Andy G, uh, titled "Knee Jerk: Why Jarrett Culver Should Stay On as the Starting Point Guard." Obviously, a sort of hot take kind of post, but there's a lot of good points in here, kind of talking about you know this player is clearly someone who's better with the ball in his hands. Uh, that's kind of where he shined in college, and this game against Memphis might have been his best of the season so far, right? Like, obviously, he did well in in Washington as well, but that was a lot of garbage minutes, a lot of uh, lesser talent, whereas he was kind of playing against starting level players the other nights in, in Memphis and kind of really starting level it. rookies. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but he didn't have any turnovers. He had like 20 points. He had like six assists, you know, just just a good night. So for him. Yeah, for him, for early on in a rookie season, for sure. Do you think that the fact that he was running point contributed to Towns having a bad night? Maybe. Because, yeah, you know, that's the one thing. There too. We were talking about Tyus. He's not filling out the stat sheet, but he, he's making the plays that are winning plays and that he's making the team go on a run because he's putting guys in the right position. He's controlling the pace. Yep. Some of the more subtle things good point guards do. And Jarrett is not at that level. And so, you know, for all the trash we give Jeff Teague, you know, sometimes uh, there is something to be said for, you know, because I always say he can't throw a post-entry pass to Towns ever. Mm. But he does get Towns the ball where he likes it, you know, and Towns plays better with Teague, so maybe there's something to that. Well, where he's it's a spot-up like, threat, too, where it's like you actually have to guard him from three, whereas Culver hasn't proven that yet. Yeah, so both know? Shabazz and Jeff Teague are true point guards in a way that Jarrett Culver, even though he made some good assists, you know, yeah. and he took some good shots, he's just not a point guard in the same way those two guys are. So it's like, yeah, we could keep him at the starting point guard, but it might come at the expense of Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, for our purpose, this, this post that we're referring to is about starting point guard, but for our purposes here on this show, I'm not suggesting that at all. You know, we're not there yet. Again, we talked about this last week when we're talking about why Jeff Teague will probably get traded. Cause I do think this is in the cards eventually, but for right now, it's not, this is not, this will not, this will not, uh, you know, turn into, 
into winning basketball with Jared Culver as your starting point guard. But I do think there is something to this about having him be the primary ball handler with the second unit and stuff like that a little bit more because I do feel like that's probably his best role and getting him some reps in this role is good. We talked about Zach Levine and how flip through flip through him to, to the Wolves. Great way to uh, tank, too. Yeah, great way to Very tank. smart so, way to so tank. I think later in we the season... We have Carl Anthony Towns because of point guard Zach Levine. I think, I think later in the season is where we really see this come into play and it's just like, yep, it's not good for winning basketball, but it is good for development and getting this kid to figure out what we have here. So I think it is more of a longer term thing to have Jared Culver not be the starting point guard, but to be the primary ball handler on the floor from time to and time. And maybe that'll happen naturally if we do trade Jeff Teague, then we'll have you know only one true point guard on the roster, and yeah. so he'll be doing that. Or like you, we just said, injuries. We, no one expects Jeff Teague to play an 80-game season, and Shabazz is already hurt. And so it's Shabazz, isn't it? I keep saying Shabazz. It's we'll Shabazz. get it eventually. We'll get it eventually. Shabazz <laughs> and Jeff are probably not going to play 80 games. So maybe it's one of those things where he's going to be able to get lots of point guard reps, even without it being like an official thing that we were doing, you know? Yeah. Also, shouts to Jordan Bell. Uh, had some good minutes really good. in uh, Milwaukee. Really yeah. impressed by how he was the only guy who was slowing down Giannis. And I like his energy. And I love the other night there was – because Memphis, we were not getting any whistles in Memphis. Hmm. And there was a play where Cat got knocked down after he made a shot. And then there was a timeout and it was going to commercial break. And Jordan Bell sprinted across the floor in his warm-ups to pick Cat up <laughs> and talk to the ref on Cat's behalf. He went up to the ref and he was like, that's a foul. Why isn't that a foul? And so he was talking to the teammate. ref. Yeah, he, he, he came across the court to talk to the ref for Cat, even though he didn't play a minute, you know. So uh, shouts to Jordan Bell. I think, uh, you know, I want to see that man earn his minutes as well because that's, that's fun stuff. It's good to have him. Good to have him on that, on that bench, that deep uh, front court rotation. That's right. Keep, keeping it going. All right, next one here. He's on fire! Mm, one of my favorite subjects, Neil. Food. 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 This is a food-centric uh, episode. And uh, this is something I've been harping on uh, for a long time, not just in terms of the Wolves, but especially the Twins. Uh, I think nutrition is one of the new f- cutting frontiers of how to make more efficient athletes, better athletes. It was definitely something that uh, nutrition and sleep are t- uh, two big uh, things in the NBA right now, pushing that. You know, gone are the days of Dwight Howard and Derrick Rose eating nothing but candy, you know, and being MVP <laughs> candidates. And Skittles all day. Right. Right, exactly. We're, we're kind of getting away from that as we realize how important nutrition is to playing well and keeping up your body and preventing injuries and all that stuff. Yeah, we have data. We have uh, we have science. We have, uh, you know, numbers for all this stuff now, right? This yeah, is the, all these things being like big question marks. And now it's like, no, no, no. Now we know. And because, you know, I have to talk about baseball once per podcast. Of course. I've always wondered why the Twins, uh, the, all their minor leaguers make less than minimum wage and are basically forced to eat PB&Js out of the clubhouse every day for their meals. <laughs> and it's just like... If you just spent like $100,000 on making sure you have good nutrition for all your minor leaguers, wouldn't they play 10% better and then all your minor leaguers are 10% better and you could trade them for good stuff or yeah. whatever? You know, yeah. you would just Seems be ahead of the curve, you yeah. know? It's a money ball thing, you know? The extra 2%, everybody. And so... Um, I just I've wondered how long it would take for the Wolves to get there, and I love that just in remaking the organization, we've already talked about so many different stuff mm-hmm. that the front office has done to make this a modern day organization. One of these is a new approach to nutrition. We've brought in chefs Gavin Kaysen and Andrew Zimmern. Uh, Andrew Zimmern, you probably know him. He's been on the Food Network a bunch. He has uh, his can. He has a restaurant inside Target Field that has some good stuff. Very he's good, very local tasty. chef uh, and well renowned. And uh, they are helping out the Timberwolves this year. Uh, They're ensuring players are at their peak performance in nutrition. They're working with nutritionists from the Mayo Clinic to monitor how much energy the Wolves are spending and what food is best to repair them. 
Uh, we'll link wow. the video. There's a YouTube video where they talk about it. They have uh, tracking devices in the player's shorts that so cool. track them during the game, seeing what kind of energy they're putting out, that kind of stuff. And then after the game, that data gets downloaded so that they know how much energy you spent, so what kind of food you need to repair your body. And so your post-game meal will correspond to like how much energy you spent so that they can repair whatever you know they need so to cool. repair in your body. So it's so specialized. And they're making this food so you can have it at the game. You could take it home with you. You can have it on the road. You can you know have snacks. It's it's very much like we're going to take care of all your meals for you, you know, and and it's not just, you know, what I do when I try to eat more nutritious, which is like reading something online than like packing nuts and carrots <laughs> in a bag for myself yeah. where it's like, oh, this sucks. I'd much rather be eating chips. Like this is delicious food. These are these <laughs> yeah, are very talented nice. chefs who are making this uh, some very yeah. nice food so that you uh, you're going to love it. Well, and I think a lot of times the big problem with NBA players, too, is, yeah, exactly when they get home and that kind of stuff, too. You know, oh, yeah. whereas like this is great. That's like this 360 thing of like, no, 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 don't ever worry. When you come in, you know, for practice in the morning, like the food's already going to be ready for you. And then, hey, when you leave at the end of the night, we have your exact nutrition specimens, like or all your specifications or what your exact body needs at this moment, like all they're ready to go home with you as well. So if you, you're kind of covering too for, it's like, Oh sure. If someone wanted to buy the, get their own private chef for their house, that's one thing, but probably most guys weren't doing that right. or whatever. So, you know, now you're even covering the rookies and the guys who maybe don't want to go above and beyond out of their own pocket. You've exactly. got them. So I think it's huge. Yeah. And you know, the worst part of nutrition is having to know everything, like knowing yes. what's, what's good and what's bad. That's why I suck at eating. So it's, like, it's just so much work. Read, egg whites know. are good. Now egg whites yep. are bad, whatever, yep. you know, it's just like they take all that out of it. So the guys just have to focus on eating the food that's in front of them. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, Jared Culver, he's more of a nice guy off the court, but on the court, I'm a competitor. I Did he go from third sense. person to first person in that quote? Yeah, well, because Jim Pete set him up and say, who is oh, Jared Culver? I see. And he's like, Jared Culver is. And then, uh, and then, then he yeah. felt uncomfortable <laughs> continuing the third person. I respect that. Um, I'm bringing him up because there was an ESPN story this week that will also be linked in the show notes about how they're working with Culver to find a way for him to eat his mother's recipe of eggs. Um, I forget. So what, cool. She had like, she puts milk in the, ba- in the eggs to make them fluffier and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And she you uses... Uh, butter. There's something in the butter too that she uses a special kind of butter. And those nutritionists are like, we're having a no butter diet here, yeah. but we're gonna have to do this because they found out he has a slight allergy to eggs, but oh. he doesn't. He's not sensitive to his mom's eggs, but normal eggs are he's sensitive them. to, yeah. and that's part of their nutrition is eggs. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna work with you to figure out a way to kind of copy your mom's recipe, make it a little bit more nutritious. But we found that you know you're sensitive to normal eggs, so we're gonna work with you. And it's just another example of personalization, the, the yeah. personalization and the cool kind of stuff that they're doing to really get into it. So it's a really fun story, you know, about Jarrett and his mom. So it's fun to read from an entertainment aspect, but it also really gives you a behind the scenes look on how different things are for player development. Yeah, totally. We'll leave, we'll have a few links uh, for this in the show notes, but yeah, it's totally just it's the it's the latest thing of the Wolves are getting on board with the rest of the NBA, right? They're a little behind the ball here, but at the same time, it's just like good that it's happening at all. I don't right? even think we're behind the ball anymore in terms of nutrition. I'm sure, I think, yeah, I maybe not. Maybe not in this in this uh, uh, sort of field, but it's just great to see you know a more modern approach. Obviously, there's a bigger investment on Glenn Taylor's uh, uh, side here with all this. There's so many. We were noticing there's so many new coaches behind the bench, like so many more positions just in the Wolves organization now from the analytics department to the bench to this stuff with the nutrition and everything so clearly uh you know when gerson came in he said all right yeah i'm the guy but also we, we got to spend more here we need nutritionists we need all these extra coaches we need all this development and stuff and it's all great because it seems like it's 
it's modern. It's catching up to the rest of the league, and and hey, maybe we're even ahead of the league. Some of the rest of the league here with this stuff. So yeah, overall, it, that's great to see. It's also one of those things that I think is big picture wise, what more organizations do because it's like, what can you do with a million dollars in your payroll? Not much. Sign like a guy who's not going to crack the rotation. Yeah. What can you do with a million dollars in terms of coaching personnel? You can hire like ten of the best coaches, or you could you could really just overhaul huge parts of your organization for money that if you had used it on payroll is you know. Not and this stuff do doesn't count against the cap. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like yeah, coaches, exactly. coaching, your head coach doesn't count against the cap. Yeah. All this stuff you can spend up to whatever you want. So it's the one kind of area you know that you're, you're not sort of limited in competitive play. So hey, go crazy with it if you got the resources. I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, that'll do it for full court press for us. Let's uh, let's get to sponsor Scott. What do we got today? Oh, that last segment had me feeling a little hungry. Neil. Yeah, I'm feeling hungry too. It's a food. It's a food night. Let's go. Well, this is uh, and talking about speaking in third person as well. I'm excited <laughs> here because I am here to announce a new thing I've been working on just in my free time uh, you guys were wondering yeah. you know maybe why I wasn't doing Wolf's Cast Digest so much last year and that's because I was working behind the scenes yeah. getting this set up so I can announce it I want to announce a new thing at the Target Center and when you're there check out Test Kitchen by Scott Olstad. it's a new concession stand in section 226 yes that's second floor all the way back so you have to go up the stairs and then go all the way back to the end of the second level but it's worth it because up there you'll find me with my new Test Kitchen the chef behind the well-received homemade trivia prize, Scott's Recipes for Successful Living, will be serving a different signature dish from the test kitchen each home game and sharing recipes for fans to take home. Fans can expect to experience Scott's culinary standbys like cooked unevenly frozen pizza, scrambled eggs that were supposed to be an omelet, queso melted from a block of Velveeta, and his personal favorite dish, Lunchables. That's right. Fans can also win signed copies of Scott's Recipes for Successful Living. By competing in trivia, of course trivia, like uh, what is this? Where Scott holds up a kitchen tool and you have to explain to him what it does and where his wife keeps it in the kitchen. I I can't put away the dishes I clean because I don't know what drawers are supposed to go in. Everything has a place. I don't know. The Test Kitchen is a brand new experiment at Target Center and Scott Olstad is the man behind it. We've been working hard on this for a long time, so next time you're at Target Center, head on up to Section 226 and see what's available that evening. It's a rotating menu, so every game will be something different. And I guarantee you, anything I make, you can make at home, so come on by. Thank you so much to Test Kitchen by Scott Olstad for sponsoring this episode of Wolfscast. Alright, let's keep the food party going. It's time for Target Center Food Review. Welcome to tonight's game featuring your Minnesota Timberwolves versus the bad guys. But first, it's time for Target Center Food Review. Yes, as we mentioned, uh, we, uh, we made a pilgrimage to Target Center this week, and there was a delay in the start of the game. So we took that chance, took that opportunity to consume some food. That's right, warm up our tummies. There are a number of new items at Target Center uh, this year, maybe a few fewer than typical. We got well, about four it depends, new items. Well, yeah. there's the four recommended ones, but like, so this first item we're going to talk about, it's from Molten Melts. And Molten Melts wasn't there last year. And they, stand. they offer several different things. And that some of them are more traditional cheesesteaks. But, you know, they're not like the new, like, promoter. Like, this is a, a kind of, like, I call them, like, kind of the gimmick food. Yeah, state fair food. Yeah, yeah. where it's at. But it's it's new items to us. And yes. so I'm excited to go back to Molten Melts because I like a good cheesesteak. Yeah, so let's, that's, uh, that's great. That's our first item is the Korean Barbecue Philly. And, you know, that's uh, from the Cheesesteak Place, Section 136 and upstairs in 204. Um, you get uh, 
thin sliced beef which, or chicken or chicken. Not really slices. We'll get Not into really that. Sliced, yeah. Queso blanco, uh, go gochang aioli, gochang. I think is how you say that. Gochang, yeah, aioli. Sure. And bulgogi barbecue sauce. That is what we ate. Um, Gochujang. Gochujang. I think it's how you say that. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was very very good. Very I, tasty. Uh, we both really enjoyed this. Uh, we uh, you know first our first idea was as a sloppy Joe Asian barbecue kind of sandwich there. The, yeah. Because the, it's a, it's a ground beef. It's a ground beef or a ground chicken. Yeah, we weren't sure. Neil thought he got chicken. Yeah. And we couldn't really tell what it was because it had the consistency of a sloppy Joe. Yeah. So but, you think beef? You're like, oh, this is beef, but. You know, it might have been chicken. It might have been. It it's probably, not. It's not a great sign that we can't tell, but we yeah, loved it. And yeah. We're not trying to knock it on this. No, it's just it was the one weird part of the the sandwich. Ground is that chicken like, is pretty rare. Like you don't see that very often, right? Right. So. Yeah. And so yeah, even just like it. it it's exactly like a sloppy Joe. The meat is, and that it was still delicious. So I'm not going to hold it yeah. against it. But it was the one aspect of it that I was like, it's hard to call it a Philly if I don't have to chew the meat. You know, uh-huh. it's just kind of all sloppy Joe-ish. But like I said, I, I enjoyed it. But it, it's a weird texture. Yeah, it's, it's a very uh, messy sort of sandwich. You know, um, you know, I, I guess it's, I guess it's a sandwich, right? Like a Philly cheesesteak yeah. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. It was whole, a pretty decent whole side. Hot dog it's is like, a sandwich, kind of a yeah. <laughs> it was like kind of like a, a foot lawn, not like in the traditional twelve inch sense, but you know when you get to go to Jimmy John's, you yeah. get a foot lawn. It's not actually a foot lawn; it's more Close like a enough. nine to ten inches, you know. Yeah. So it was about that size. Um, I think it was what twelve dollars. Yes, twelve twelve bucks. Both these items that we had were twelve bucks. Yeah, uh, we were excited that the bun held together pretty well because it was pretty messy. It was very messy, but the bun never really fell apart on us. Yeah, which it, is, it wasn't messy in the way that yeah, it didn't explode in your hands and you got a mess. It was more just like overloaded. With toppings, and so when you took a bite, it was kind of messy. But you know, the, the bun did a great job, really, really sopping up the sopping up the you know the, the sauces and the aioli. Almost too good of a job. We were, we were mentioning, right? Like yeah. you kind of wanted to bre- you know cut you know split the difference there a little bit. Well, the thing is with a cheesesteak, one of my favorite parts about eating cheesesteaks is that you know throughout it, all the the cheese and the melted cheese, and especially the juices from the steak, will kind of get absorbed into the bun. And so then the bun becomes just packed with all this cheesesteak flavor that has sopped into it, almost like you've it's like you've dipped it, dipped it in like a French dip, you know. Au jus. Au jus was the word I was looking for. It was almost <laughs> like that when you get to the end of your cheesesteak because the bread gets so soaked up. And we found out this bread was not very absorbent. It was pretty sturdy and it kept stuff in place. But I kind of wish some because it was a very delicious. The flavorings is really my favorite part of this. Is they have, uh, for lack of a better term, Asian flavorings. I know that's yeah. not. We're not very well versed in uh, speaking about Asian food or I could probably give you the exact kind of spices or tang that I was getting off of it but it's very pleasantly like Asian flavor well, we assume that to be the gochujang yeah. aioli yeah, yeah that's that what was, we were that thinking that was probably the best sauce on there you know we didn't get much of the barbecue sauce flavor um, you know so you know it's called the Korean barbecue food not not really a sort of you know smoky smoky traditional American barbecue thing so maybe it's, but I was getting know. very much a lot of that uh, goju aioli yeah, in every bite and that was my favorite part was yeah, how satisfying cilantro on there too yeah. Also adds I, I usually Asian don't vibe. like cilantro and it was yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, so with all that delicious spices, I could imagine how good the bread would be if it had sopped into the bread. Yes. But the bread kind of just held up too sturdy for that. Um, enjoyed the peppers. I enjoyed the queso. You don't get a really strong, cheesy flavor, but it's an important part of the texture. You can feel kind of that, you know, tex- the texture of the queso. Yeah. And I think it, it adds to a more fuller flavor of uh, the spices that you're getting anyways. And uh, yeah, the peppers were great, too. 
Yeah, so just a lot of really good toppings on this overall. You know, um, high quality sandwich uh, for you know for Target Center, and um, yeah, I, you know we we really really liked it. It was you know a good sort of entree size. You know, I'm, I I don't have any problem with the twelve dollars. I guess it would have been nice to have maybe a little chip chips on the side yeah. or something for for that number. Um, but at the same time, it was uh, it was a good a good I think a good size and a good amount of food for twelve dollars. We shared it, but I think you could you know take it down yourself and be happy with that. You know, yeah. I think I'd be pretty full if if I had it by myself. And um, just I was really impressed by it. I think it was one of those things where if you're paying that kind of money and you want to try something new for newness sake, it is a flavor profile that's unlike anything else at the Target Center yes. that they've had. Unique. And so it's definitely unique and satisfying. And I wrote down, I'm excited to just go back on my own and go to Molten Melts and try some of their other stuff. Yeah, they're Phillies. Because I, I was very impressed by the quality. I'm like, I bet these guys have a good normal cheesesteak. So I'm going to go back and get some more. I'm looking forward to actually going back and going to that stand. All right, we tried two items uh, on Monday at because we game. had that much time. We to had do. that much time. We were just going to do one, and then like, okay, let's go back at halftime for the second one, and then we're like, oh no, it's going to be, yeah. gonna be another twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep the food going. So we stopped by the Crystal Farms uh, Mac and Cheese. I think it's called like the Mac Time or whatever, like uh, stand or oh, whatever. Yeah. There, there was always a Mac and Cheese stand there. A lot of yeah, a lot of confusing. But now branding. it's a new branding. It's Crystal Farms. Crystal Farms, but, like, which isn't the, the most exciting cheese brand Forms, you know what and then yeah but then like the side of the thing says mac time or whatever but this is the mac and cheese um barbecue mac and cheese it has um the crystal farms cheese a smoked brisket and barbecue sauce um so yeah it's uh you know as you can see from the description from the name of it all it's barbecue and it's mac and cheese you put them together you get barbecue mac and cheese like very as advertised yeah i mean I, we, we, we were eating said. it in silence for a minute or two together and then we both basically said the same thing we were like this yep. is that advertised i'm like this is exactly what i expected it to be like this doesn't surprise me in any way it's yeah. brisket on top of pretty plain mac and cheese uh, we did like the creaminess of the mac and cheese. Uh, yeah. It was pretty. It was very filling and rich. You you said you couldn't have eaten the entire thing by yeah. yourself because it was so rich. And it's a good little item. Don't get us wrong, but you know, especially when we're coming off the back of you know the the, the flavor, Korean yeah the flavor packed barbecue filly where we're saying it's like oh there's nothing else like this. There's spices you know, here, here that we're enjoying. There's subtle flavors mixed in. There's subtle textures, and this is just like if you've had brisket before and if you've had mac and cheese before, you know exactly what this is. Gonna this taste is like. like a super safe <laughs> item. You know what I mean? Like if you don't, if you're not trying to get too adventurous, if you really love mac and cheese, I would recommend this. Um, maybe, maybe for maybe even for like a kid, you know what I mean? Like kids sure. love mac and cheese, but hey, they want a little something extra. Get the barbecue one. You know, I, I could see this being a thing. It is twelve dollars. Also, I think it's overpriced. It is overpriced. It's pretty big. You know what I mean? So it's not like oh, it's like this little tiny side for twelve dollars. And like we said, it is very rich. It's it's a good shareable sort of like you know bigger than an appetizer, smaller than an entree like type of thing um, but you definitely would need to get more than this if you're going for dinner at, at just the time. eye test it looks like it's small and yeah. i will say when i saw it i was like we paid 12 dollars for this yeah and uh but what i realized was you're know, like you said it's very dense very rich to the point where like by the end of it i was like oh i don't want any more mac and cheese please <laughs> yeah um so like i said it's a little overpriced it's not exciting at all it's exactly what you would imagine in your head um, our advice is to mix it thoroughly because oh, yeah, get the, get the, they do the thing that we complain about all the time where they put all of it, the cheese, mac and cheese at the bottom, then a layer of barbecue sauce on top of the brisket. And it's just like you, if you mix it all together, I found the barbecue sauce mixes with the mac and cheese, the creaminess of the mac and cheese really well. And it gives you some 
actually something exciting about uh, about the thing, which yeah. is what we're saying is kind of boring. But unfortunately, you have to really you really have to work on mixing it because it's just like a thick pack layer brisket on top of a thick pack layer of mac and cheese. Yeah, you can work them forearms. Yeah, here, exactly. Well, so mix it up, mac. mix it up, because those last few bites we heard the mac was absorbing the barbecue sauce were the best bites. Yeah, so I guess I would recommend this um, again for like kids or whatever, or like uh, to someone who you know this just sounds really good. Like if the idea of, of of mac and cheese and barbecue. I mean, obviously, like mac and cheese is like a good side to a barbecue, you know, entree at like a barbecue place or whatever. So obviously, yeah. the two tastes kind of go together. But if this idea of just those two things together sounds good, go get it because it's exactly as advertised. But for most other people, I would pass and go find it, especially if you're just looking for something small as like a side or a snack or something. You can maybe do better for your money as far as that goes. I wonder if we'd feel differently if we had it first. It's just hard to fo- follow that Korean Philly. True. So tasty. I was such a fan of that Korean Philly. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that uh, that was our food adventure. And, uh, you know, as we said, there's a couple other, um, you know, items. And then, you know, we'll see. We'll see what other sorts there's of stuff, uh, things. There's, there's new stuff to explore that's not listed as new. So yeah. I think even once we cross off the new items i really want to try that hot chicken sandwich uh well, that's good that's soon. the next Ooh. thing we're going to try for sure it looks great yeah um but i think there are more f- items that are new but aren't just listed aren't featured as like the new hot thing so we'll keep exploring it and you know uh, us being the foodies that we are that's why you've tuned in we're the number one tim rolls <laughs> podcast for foodies that's why you're here that's right so you know that we will be covering it so we'll be spending our money so you don't have to you know Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. Wolfie time, award time. We got some big winners uh, here to give out some awards. And then, of course, we have the Canis uh, Canis Hoopus. What is it? Post of the week? What do we call it? I forgot what we call it. What we called it last week. Yeah. Was like a name. The post like, of the week from Canis Hoopus. Yeah. We, we got it all. And um, What did we call it? Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll look back. Um, but yeah, I'll get us started off here. Weekly Wolfies. My Wolfie is going out to someone whose name I do not know, but whose talent I am very uh, uh, awed by. And that is the organ player at Target Center. You know, Target Center doesn't really get a lot of um, you know recognition for like live music in the arena. Obviously, at, at uh, baseball parks, bringing it back around baseball, they have famous yeah. organists who are playing all the time. Uh, the Twins have you know this lady go hang out go with her in the two gingers bar. Her. It's great. Yeah, I go up there. So like this is Draw a common picture, thing in baseball. Tape it to her organ. We um, in in basketball, you think of the Staples Center. The Lakers have like an organist who's like oh, classic sure. sound. The Playing Square Benny Garden. and the Jets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Madison Square Garden, you get the same thing. Um, you get the guy in Atlanta, you know, who will be playing like outcast songs and stuff and playing oh, yeah. the organ. I forget his name, Sir, Sir something. Um, but um, the Timberwolves, uh, a couple times during the game, they unleash their organ player and he will just he will just essentially solo over um, a couple different songs. Um, Nothing But a G Thang by, by Snoop and Dre is oh, one yeah. of them that they go to pretty often and there's some new ones um, this season as well. A uh, Sir Foster, there it is, nice, good good pull. Sir Foster is the guy from Atlanta who's famous. Yeah. Um, but the Timberwolves player, uh, the, excuse me, the Timberwolves organ player is just great. Someday we're going to have him on this show. I want to do five questions with him or something. Um, yeah, he's just noodling around on the keyboard. You know, it's great. Yeah, we'll get you. We got to figure out the the um, the um, section that he sits over. He sits uh, basically. I think it's, it's kind of towards one twenty six around. Yeah, there. It's, it's yeah. One twenty six, 
corner, like above it, the visitor bench, yeah, but in like the corner, corner, like on one of like the radio broadcast booths. Like he's up there. You'll see him, black hair, and yeah, it's just really cool. So we gotta give him a shout out and give him a wolfie for for just being a, a good musician and bringing some like interesting life. Sometimes you hear a lot of the same beats, a lot of the same like songs oh, yeah. during a, a Timberwolves game, a Lynx game, even it's the same guy. But this person, you know, is bringing a little bit of hey, I'm just I'm solo and over this beat, you know. So it's like a little bit of variety, a little bit of something you didn't get the previous. Brings game. a live element to yeah, it, you know. Yeah, even, exactly. Even more so, I'll say I liked it even more than like uh, Mad Mardigan kind of uh-huh. just scratching, where yeah, it's a live element, yeah. but it's just a scratching that's uh-huh. different. Yeah. Or this is kind of like a lot of times you won't even notice it until a minute, you know, a minute will go by, and you're like, wait a second, yeah, you know, because it starts as just kind of like a popular tune, and it's then a popular it, beat, and then he tries to like match his like organ sound to like the sound of the melody, yeah, like in the nothing but a G thing, he matches it to like that super high, like um, you know, sort of like '90s gangster rap, like kind of patch, and so he matches it really well but if you ever think like oh this is a song i know but a little bit different right. it's him he's playing it so go check that out next time you're at target center he, he's awesome weekly wolfie to you sir uh scott who, what you got for wolfies well we're gonna keep it in uh, the target center music uh family all right because there's we were there yeah we were there and uh you know i wanted to be positive uh, there's a couple of negative things i wrote down as honorable mentions we're not gonna go into it we're gonna keep it positive this week and I enjoyed two instances in this past week where the Timberwolves have embraced Doom Tree. Uh-huh. They had a promotional video out, just kind of a pump-up video that was using, uh, it was a POS song. I'm blanking on it. Was it Drumsticks? Yeah, fr- uh, Drum Roll. Drum Roll, uh, yeah. yeah. It was Drum Roll, which is just great uh, from Never Better. Yeah. And then they uh, the pump-up intro video during the uh, opening lineups was set to Shredder's uh, Xanthrax. Zan- cool. And so I just love yeah. that they're embracing Doomtree. I know P- POS has done some stuff. Uh, he's done some bit. hype up videos like when they revealed the new logo. Yeah, I think that's he right. Did that. yeah, yeah. And we just love Doomtree here. Uh, POS is my favorite local artist. Sorry, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Uh, I just, I just but love. We had him in one of our songs. I love, yeah, exactly. Shake it well. <laughs> just a terrific cuckoo song. Um, I love that orange juice verse. But yeah. anyways, uh, as I was saying, uh, Doomtree, some of my favorite local artists. I love that the Timberwolves are embracing them instead of going with more generic, uh, big, you know, m- big music or whatever. Just a yeah. generic package, and it makes me hope- easy. Makes me hopeful <laughs> that City Edition do- jerseys, oh, Doomtree themed. Why not? I think it's totally in the cards. You know, we gotta. They did it last year. No canes. Hey, they did it last year with. The biggest Minnesota artist of all time, Prince. You we know, were talking a smaller. We just had a parody song to start this episode. Uh-huh, we used to uh-huh. do a lot more of them. I wanted to do one, uh, Doomtree Janorain instead of Banorain. Gorgi Janorain. Janorain, yeah, Bangarang. So, so yeah, there's lots of there's lots of connections there. You know, hip hop and basketball go together really well, and yeah, so it right. just it's, it all makes a lot of sense. I, I just I just got so psyched when I heard Shredders during the opening video. I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is getting me hype, legit. Yeah, so hopefully we get to see more of that, and yeah, maybe even some some threads, some uh, some Doom Tree threads. Make it happen. All right, now for our Canis post of the week, which probably has a cooler name. Is there a cool word with hoopus that we can like rhyme hoopus with, like the hoopus with the mostest or something like hoopus that? Hoopus honors. I mean, those are two H's, but yeah. they're said differently. We'll, we'll figure something yeah. out. Hoopus lupus. Uh, no, that's not good. Lupus is bad. I was thinking of something else. Whoops. Anyways, we'll just continue on. The Canis Post of the Week is Process Over Flexibility, a Delicate Balance by Mike O'Hagan. It kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier, just being like, 
hey, I know we want to set this process where you know we're going to shoot the a, right way. We're going to shoot a bunch the of threes. Right we're way. shooting like the third most threes. We have like the twenty sixth worst percent, <laughs> you know, worst percentage. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, okay, we don't have the personnel to play this way, but we're going to anyways. And also brought it into that was the Gorgie thing. Like we're playing small against Philadelphia. Gorgie didn't play, you know, against Philly. It's like, why are we insisting on staying small against this team that's so big? And it's just like, well, this is our rotation. This is the way we want to play. So we've already talked about that kind of push and pull of what what you do this season. Do you try to go for those extra wins or do you sacrifice wins to set up a system and, and trust the system more than fitting it towards your players? And so that's an interesting topic. It's going to filter into all things the Timberwolves do all season. It's it's going to be one of the major themes of the season. And I just think that this is a, a great post by Mike, who's just kind of, uh, you know, giving an overview of it. Yeah, it's perfect. Like you said, I think that's a good way to put it. It's going to be something we talk about a lot this season, right? There's going to be moments where this looks better than other times. And yeah, it seems like they're setting things up for the future and uh, current wins and losses be damned. They're going to they're gonna do this anyway, but we will, we will question that <laughs> uh, philosophy throughout the year many times and so this is a good kind of primer on that and that kind of thing so uh, good piece Mike we'll I'll be linking it in the show notes yes also check out Canis I think it's going to be Wolf's Cast today tomorrow because I submitted the digest this morning I was hoping the oh, digest no would way. come out today I was hoping we can get it out today because I don't like it going Ooh. on the same day as our podcast because uh, then we have two spots on the homepage and then you guys never comment and it just I take it really personally I really shouldn't I just I'm just like why do we never get comments okay Scott I, I take it as a reflect <laughs> like a, a reflection of my own self-worth yes. you know um so i won't take it too seriously but i feel like you know it's not it's probably not the best branding for us for us to have both of our posts go out in the same day but either way um you're looking for the digest i'm doing the soon. digest it, it will probably be up tomorrow or wow. today when you receive this yeah. friday yeah uh, i hope you enjoy it i'm experimenting with it a little bit this season trying to make it work uh be, make it a little more sustainable simplify I used to yeah. spend like, it'd be like after midnight on a Thursday night, and I'd, I'd spend like four hours doing it all in once. It yeah. wasn't sustainable. It was very good for the quality, but I'm trying to do it a little more sustainably, work on it a little bit uh, over the course of a week. Ooh, I'm excited to see it. I'm ready. It makes it, me wonder whether the stuff is timely, you know, because I, I put stuff in there last week that's now not as timely. So, you know, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out, but I hope you'll join me for the ride because I'm still trying to make it as good as you've come to expect. Everyone's going to check it out. That will also be, well, maybe it won't be in the show notes. We'll see. We'll link to it. Whenever it is out, you will see it. Or you can just follow us on Twitter at hey. Wolvescast. Follow us on Instagram at Wolf's Cast Pod, we will post about it there. So if you're afraid of missing out on any of our fantastic content, just follow along. Perfect. Uh, let's get to this game. All right, Neil, this is one of my favorite things to do every year. So you might even be able to predict it. It is Fun Facts from the Media Guide. Uh, I love it. I saw the new media guide is out. It probably was out a couple weeks ago, but I noticed it this week and I was like, new Ooh, media guide, I love the new data, new trivia. Each player, you got all their college stats or high school stats, and then a little section at the end called personal notes. So oh, you can have some fun. This is great. We got this one. And then we have uh, the star Wars game. That are, like, oh re- yeah. Reoccurring. Yeah. I could pop it out next week for the Mandalorian, but I think I'm going to wait till rise wait. of Skywalker yeah, where, rise, yeah. where it's appropriate. Yeah. So that's another one. Timberwolf is this an NBA player or a star Wars character? <laughs> always, always a good yeah. game. Yeah. Um, which actually MLB has ripped us off from doing after we started doing it several years ago. But I'm okay with it because, you know, it's good guys. Yeah. Good guys I know working there. All right, it's a media, media guide game. Yep. A couple questions for you, Neil. Okay, first off, Keda Bates Diop. We were saying Jop, it's Diop. Oh, Diop. So, Keda Bates Diop plays the piano, but he has nothing on this Timberwolves teammate who can play the trumpet, the tuba, the piano, and the drums. Whoa. 
Um, hmm, must be, yeah, must be all new. I'm going to assume most of these are for new guys. Otherwise, they might have been in there before. Who is, like, super talented on all those instruments? Um, let me guess uh, our, uh, our parody song uh, namesake, uh, Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman? Ah, your friend of mine, Josh Okogi, J.O. J.O. I didn't oh, notice it in the media guide guy. last okay. year, so it might be a new okay. new note. Um, I did tuba? not. You say tuba? Tuba. Tuba. Play some tuba. Like He's it. got that strength. All right. Um, I, I will say that none of the guys who are with the Iowa Energy, I didn't put any Jalen Noel. Okay. Nas, Nas Reed, Reed dunked a basketball in the fourth grade. <laughs> Okay, that was a great stat. Yeah. I was like, he's with Iowa right now. I'm not going to include that yeah, one, but wow. it's great. Great one. All right, next up. Trevion Graham, Shabazz, Shabazz, Baz. Napier, I'm going to catch myself, and Noah Vonley all enjoy bowling. But when asked about his favorite memory growing up, which wolf listed the time he was close to a perfect game? Ooh, perfect game. Who is someone who... Um, so not one of those three. right? Not one of those Not three, one right. of those three. Um, I think I know. I think... Um, I think uh, Mr. Jeff Teague is a boy. Is Jeff Teague answer? It's a great ah, guess. He two. seems like it. If, if yeah. it were the roles were reversed, that would be my guess. He yeah. does seem like a bowler, right? <laughs> it just seems like one. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer is Robert Covington. Okay. His favorite, his favorite childhood memory was coming close to a perfect game. No I'd love to hear how bowling. close he came. You know, <laughs> Red Sox MVP Mookie Betts has bowled multiple perfect games. He's so talented. A great bowler. Crazy. All right, Neil. Whose college nickname was the Freight Train? <laughs> <laughs> the freight train, so simple. The freight train coming through, plowing through mm-hmm. the freight train. Uh, I'll say is a big guy. Let's go, Noah Vonley. Trevion Graham. Kind of oh. seems like a freight freight train a little bit, you know. I can see it. I can see it. I can, I can see, see it. it. Yeah. College nickname. Yeah. All right, uh, Neil. Two Timberwolves wings listed shrimp pasta as their favorite food. <laughs> Can you name them? Shrimp pasta. Their wings, there is one inch difference in their height, so they're kind of similar heights and builds. Wow. Okay. Two wings, shrimp pasta is the jam. Uh, let's see. I'll give you a, a Dane, a correct Dane, if you can just get one of the two. Okay. Um, I'm going to get, and you said there's a one inch difference. Yep. I'm going to guess, uh, I'll guess Culver and Lehman. Culver is correct. Wiggins okay. is the other one. Wiggins, Wiggins likes the shrimp pasta. Uh, I know Culver is from the south, so yeah, I that's feel good, like that's guess. You know, yeah. shrimp and I stuff. don't know where, yeah, shrimp Canada. You don't expect it from thing. Canada. Yeah, where's he getting that? I don't know. <laughs> also found out uh, Culver's father's first name is Hiawatha. No way! Hiawatha Culver Jr. That can't... We're blocks away. Yeah, you right <laughs> off Hiawatha Avenue. Yeah, the wow. blue line used to be called the Hiawatha line, you know? So I know. It seems like he was destined to be here now. I see a photo shoot in the future. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hiawatha <laughs> Culver Jr. Just a great name. Wow. Um, all right. We've got two more questions, Neil. Which wolf completed 43% of his coursework toward his degree by the end of his freshman year? So that means he completed 43% of his four-year you know, coursework. He completed 43% of those way to his degree in just his freshman year. Wow. So, okay, so who studied the most? Who, like, did all the... Who, did, who went above and beyond in their classwork? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to just guess another new guy. Let me say... Shabazz Napier? Yukon? Good guess. That's a good guess. It's yeah. Noah Vonley. Okay. Indiana. Indiana. It's freshman year at Indiana. Got Smarty his, pants. Just really tried to crush as much of his degree <laughs> as he can because he knew he was headed to the league, you know? So ambitious. It's smart. Yeah, less to finish up also, later. I've been to Bloomington, Indiana. There's nothing right. to do in that town. All right. Like, there's a steak and shake, and that's what you can do. So I do not blame him for doing that. 
All right, Neil, in final round, time to match dogs with their owners. <laughs> time to find out some good boys. I'm going to tell you the dog, and you're going to try and pick the Timberwolves player who is the owner. Okay. Let's get started. A pit bull named Prince and a husky named Koba. Uh, that's Jordan Bell. I think I know that one. That's correct. Yep. Who has an Italian mastiff named Tedder? I have no idea. I'm going to guess Jake Lehman. Ooh. Keep that in mind, though. It's Tre- Trevion Grant. Okay. Who has two Jack Russell mixes named Tiny and Penny? Jake Lehman. <laughs> there we go. And then this last one, Neil, it is not a player, but is perhaps the longest tenured employee of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who has two wiener dogs, Lucy and Magic? <laughs> I, I can't believe I know this. Jeff Munichy. That's right. Minnesota Mun. <laughs> you got the uh, wiener dogs, Lucy and Magic. Wow. Jeff Munichy with the dogs. Yeah, he's big in, big into the dachshunds out there, wiener dogs. So. All right, one more thing, Neil. It's oh. not a question. Well, it is a question, but it's not a trivia question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Kata Bates Diop. Diop. Diop was added to Kata's last name at birth because of his father's admiration for Chica Anta Diop, who is a well-regarded Senegalese scientist and anthropologist. Who do you admire so much that you would add the last name to your son's name, Neil? So you Whoa. get Neil Jr. Neil Olstead Jr. is born, and you're like, man, I love someone so much. It would be like Neil Olstead Garnett. Yeah, know, who, yeah, it'd have to be. Neil Olstead Thibodeau. <laughs> <laughs> like, who do you yeah, respect? Like, Neil Olstead Disney. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Walt. Yeah, something like that. And, uh, Walter. <laughs> Yeah, Walter, just like I can't man. imagine, I can't imagine no idea. admiring so much that when you have a child, you're like, I'm going to add a name to the last name. Yeah, that's how much I admire Someone this person. Have to like save your life or something. Yeah, yeah, seriously, <laughs> I can't, like, I can't even imagine, right? Yeah. For you to be like, I'm going to give him a second last name. Just that, that's how much I admire this person. I mean, I can see Kobe fans doing it, you know, to their children, but that's a whole different level. Of yeah, or like Canadians naming their kids Kawhi and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like Gretzky, you bring a title to like the country or the city. It's right. like, oh yeah, you're the guy now. Yeah, yeah now we're naming children after. Yeah, Ruby would be one of those. Yeah, yeah. There's like a that. bunch of babies now who are like uh, Ken Johnson Siakam in Canada. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah, that's how it goes. So yeah, everyone, I'll think about that. Think one. about that. Let us know on Twitter at yeah. Wolvescast. Who do you admire so much that you would add their last name to your baby's your name? namesake? Them. All right, that's it for Wolvescast this week. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate you uh, tuning in every single week on Canon Super or so wherever you listen to this show. Very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another show. Yeah, uh, I got my magnet schedule, and I saw next week is a busy week. I think the Wolves week. play five games next week. So not all Crazy. five of them before the podcast of next week, of course, but lots of two back-to-backs in the next week. So uh, it'll be uh, lots of at Wolves action to tune in for. Yeah, that's that's wild. Lots of good games. Um, so yeah, come on back next week. we got another show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a little tussle breaks out, and it did explode. First of all, that's not a little tussle. That is like Godzilla versus King Kong. Those are some big heavyweights <laughs> throwing their big old logs at each other. I like that they don't like each other. Those are the two out of the three best big men in this league. I like that there's a little bad blood between them.